This is a News 104.5 WOKV special presentation, tracking the tropics, preparing you for the 2016 hurricane season. Now, here's your host, Rich Jones. From a statistical manner, we are so overdue, it's off the charts. 2005, Wilma, the last time Florida saw a hurricane make landfall. Never has Florida, at least since 1851, gone so long without a hurricane hit. NOAA's Climate Prediction Center says the 2016 Atlantic hurricane season will most likely be near normal. A 70% likelihood of 10 to 16 named storms, winds of 39 miles an hour or higher, of which 4 to 8 could become hurricanes, including 1 to 4 major hurricanes. Cat 3, 4, or 5, Action News Jack's chief meteorologist, Mike Burrish, thinks it may be more active than average. I think 12 to 15 named storms is the good call on this one. And then, of course, it all comes down to where are they going to be and where do they travel. We're headed into what seems to be and is almost certainly going to be the opposite of an El Nino, which usually means lower numbers of hurricanes like we had the last couple of years. The La Nina, though, is interesting. When you switch to La Nina, we were able to find about six good examples in the last last 50 to 60 years of a switch from El Nino to La Nina and then the hurricane season that occurred during that time and there were three above average and three below average so it didn't help us very much um, so what you look for are some other clues what are the what's the state of the ocean what are the water temperatures and they are pretty warm so that's why I would I would think on the heavier side of average for this year if they all stay out to sea no big deal the greatest threats we face in tropical storms and hurricanes WOKV Sarah Thompson with a closer look at the biggest impact we face tornadoes they're one of the most dreaded part of any storm including hurricanes but they're actually not the most deadly about half of all storm deaths tropical cyclone that means tropical storm or hurricane deaths were caused by storm surge that's cbs 47 and fox 30 action news jack's chief meteorologist mike burrish he says storm surge is the number one killer during any hurricane or tropical storm higher than inland flooding tornadoes and wind and it's exactly what it sounds like it's just a big surge of water literally and that surge of water is what scientists at the University of Miami Rosensteel School of Marine and Atmospheric Sciences spend so much time studying. They created the world's largest storm surge simulator called Sustain, which stands for Surge Structure Atmosphere Interaction Facility. Dr. Brian House is the director of the facility. He tells us storm surge can at times be hard to predict, especially as the storms grow stronger. When you turn this facility up to extreme winds, is the way that the, the waves are breaking and the spray is being thrown off of that. It's very different than we would have thought. And as he explains, that can be scary news for those of us in Jacksonville. One of the most frequent places in the Atlantic Basin where hurricanes act go is actually about 100 miles offshore of Jacksonville. And even if you're not directly in Jacksonville, doesn't mean you're safe either. Mike Burrish says storm surge would have an impact on almost every county in northeast Florida. Ponte Vedra alone in St. John's County would be a tremendous evacuation, as would be Duval County, just purely because the population has more than doubled. Dr. House says all it takes is the right weather pattern at the wrong time. In Atlantic Beach, for example, you could see storm surge of up to 15 to 20 feet, enough to reach many homes and businesses. And while thankfully Jacksonville seems to have a track record of missing the worst storms, with our last landfalling hurricane back in 1964, with Hurricane Dora, that doesn't mean we'll always be so lucky. Just because you haven't had a storm in 50 years doesn't mean you're not going to have one this season. And unfortunately, the clock does seem to be ticking. It's the longest stretch we've ever gone without a landfalling hurricane. Sarah Thompson, News in a 4-5, WOKV. 
because it's been so long since we felt impacts from a storm. Evacuations may be a foreign concept to so many of us. And my fear is that those who were here and that remember are just simply not going to move because that was a debacle in 1999. We've doubled the pop more than doubled the population since Dora in 1964. We're approaching tripling it now along our coastal areas. doesn't include inland. Those are all big, big concerns when and if an evacuation is ordered. And then getting that message out because we don't want people to evacuate if they don't need to. That can cause more harm. We saw that with Rita in Texas back in 2005. WOKV's Christy Turner with a closer look at how evacuation planning has changed. Be ready. The best thing is to understand that the state of Florida is vulnerable. That's Linda Stoughton, the director of emergency management in St. John's County. She says even though it's been a while since we've been hit by a hurricane knock on wood, you still need to be on guard. There's always that possibility. Living along the coast, low-lying areas, or a mobile home increases your chances for having to evacuate during a storm. And that's why Steve Woodard, the director of emergency preparedness for Jacksonville, says you need to know your zone. We have a lot of people in the state that we might have to move because of our close proximity to the water, not only to the Atlantic, but certainly the river systems. I have the evacuation maps for each county posted on WOKV.com under the weather tab in the hurricane guide. That way you can find out if you live in an at-risk area. I also spoke to Clay County's Director of Emergency Management, John Ward. He says once you know your zone, it's a good idea to develop a family plan, like what to put in your disaster kit and knowing where to go. Having that plan in place to say, hey, I'm going to go to grandma's house and, and stay for a few days. Most of the time you don't need to go across multiple states. You just need to go inland. He also says when you're told to leave, that means grab your things and get out of there. Whether it's my county or any county, there is an urgent reasoning for that. We need people to take action at that time. That's to help avoid the flub of Hurricane Floyd back in 1999. During uh, Floyd, a lot of people experienced uh, some serious traffic conditions. And you thought your morning commute was bad? (laughs) Listen to what this Jack's Beach guy went through while skipping town for a storm. Traffic's backed up. It took us a day to get to Gainesville. Sounds brutal, but after Floyd, the FDOT created lane reversal, also known as contraflow on I-10, a situation where all lanes are turned around and go westward. That's used as a last resort and has yet to be tested. But it's good because that means we haven't had an event. So we don't really know if it'll actually help with traffic, but hopefully we never have to figure that out. Christy Turner News 104.5 WOKV. Our behaviors will lead to so many of our decisions. We can't get too caught up in fearing being wrong, number one. And number two, telling people that that it's likely to change, that's fine. That's a forecast. Social media has opened up so many options for storm trackers and the people who keep an eye out on the dangerous ones for us. With this technology, they're able to reach... Populations that we probably wouldn't have gotten before. People who maybe don't watch the evening news but are active on Twitter and Facebook. Which is great for people like Al Sandrick, who works as the warning coordination meteorologist for the National Weather Service. But as we've all learned, social media isn't always so helpful. Be very, very careful of the information that is out there on social media and do understand where that information came from. Sandrick says some people will look at weather models and think they know what they're talking about, but actually warn you about something that's, you know, not a big deal. He says knowing the source is credible is key in these situations, which can mean a federal organization like the National Weather Service or a trusted media outlet like, I don't know, WOKV. Not all weather sources are created equal. Moral of the story, social media can be the best place for you to stay informed and prepared. Just be confident you can trust the source. John Engel News 104.5 WOKV. You're listening to Tracking the Tropics. Preparing you for the 2016 hurricane season on News 104.5 WOKV.
This is a News 1045 WOKV special presentation tracking the tropics. Preparing you for the 2016 hurricane season. Now, here's your host, Rich Jones. We have felt the effects of the tropics in recent years here. Beryl, Debbie, Andrea, for example. But not since 2005 has Florida had a hurricane make landfall. And if you've lived here long enough, you still remember the old four season. But so many people are new to Northeast Florida, and they may not know the dangers that are lurking. Your biggest enemy in a hurricane situation is complacency and not being prepared. JEA spends the weeks leading up to the hurricane season running specific scenarios on what kind of damage they could see. So it's no big concern that it's been a while since a widespread outage. But there are things you can do as well. First, before a storm, look around for any tree limbs that could be a problem for power lines. It's much better to hire an arborist before a storm than hire a tree company after a storm. Have someone come out, have a look, and see what needs to be trimmed. You also need to prepare for an outage and one that could last because there could be a lot for alignment to handle. We are prepared to handle this. Uh, just keep in mind, we have more than 3,000 miles of water lines and sewer lines in our system. Those linemen can be out in the middle of the storm. Just like you, it's not safe. While JEA begins assessment of the damage as soon as it's passed, it could still take time to get the results down to you. We're going to start with our facilities. It doesn't make sense to fix lines at the end of the route when our substation or our plant is not on. With the power out, JEA urging you to use flashlights instead of candles. If you insist on a generator... If you hook up, if you have a large generator and you hook it up to your house, you need to make sure that it is licensed and registered because that backfeed can kill our linemen. And the after Aftermath can be just as problematic. Treat every downed wire as though it's active. And remember, you could get hurt just by being close or touching water it's in contact with. And that's not the only danger water poses. Before you go out in your kayaks and your floats and go all through this water, there could be raw sewage in that water. There could also be snakes. Be very, very careful. You need to keep a big water supply available for drinking and bathing for you, your family, pets as well. In case water is compromised because of the storm, caution and preparation, the keys to helping you stay safe while everything gets restored. We prepare for the worst and hope for the best. We plan for these, especially in the months coming right before hurricane season. We go through drills and we just ask that our customers do the same. Stephanie Brown, News 104.5 WOKV. Prepare, prepare, prepare. We are urged to do it for our property and our family. But what about if your family includes more than a dozen warships and dozens of other commands? Gene Wexler is following the importance of preparation and organization at Naval Station Mayport. In a nutshell, make it as real as possible and and to really make everybody think through everything they're going to do. And that's where a lot of questions are asked and answered. And that's how you get prepared. That's Al Iannacone, Director of Personnel Support Detachment at Mayport. He says when a hurricane comes, there's three main parts they focus on. First, order to evacuate, designate a safe haven. Next comes the individual orders to evacuate, which officers have to practice. We have 13 warships and 82 uh, overall commands here. Got to be organized. And then the third is to actually go to the safe haven. When they return, they should submit a travel claim within uh, five days. Now, in this year's hurricane exercise called Citadel Gate, they didn't actually go to the safe haven, but they do simulate the evacuation orders. Exercise.
exercises are as real as we can make them. Ayanna Cohn says these exercises are especially beneficial to younger recruits who are inexperienced with hurricanes. Every couple of years they come in, they do a two or three year tour and then you leave. So many of the sailors, especially the junior folks, have never seen that happen before. Steve Milliken is the emergency manager at Mayport and he says their exercise is about taking a million moving parts and breaking them down to specific check sheets for readiness. Everybody knows what everybody's doing at a particular point in time. So the first week of the mission was all about response actions. He says the second is about recovery, what to do on that return from the safe haven. How we're going to do damage assessments, how we're going to rebuild, all of that stuff to have the infrastructure in place to bring all of our families back to us in a safe manner. Speaking of families, we're always telling you to buy supplies you need ahead of time, and Mayport does that every year with a town hall. All the products are there on how the families can get themselves organized to leave without their loved one, their sponsor here to do that assist. The reality of the situation? The ships are leaving, families are on their own, but the installation is here to help. I also spoke with Amy McCaig, the active director of the Fleet and Family Support Center. I think each year there's lessons learned from the years before. My sense of it is that we're getting better. She helps educate members on how to prepare their families, especially since husbands set out to sea before a hurricane comes. Do they know where they're going to evacuate to? Do they know what they would do with their pets? Do they know what they would do with their children? They ask members personal questions to drive the message home about preparing their families so they can later focus on their mission. So if you've heard all the Navy does every year to prepare and you're still not thinking of doing anything yourself, I leave you with Al Iannacone's warning. Sooner or later, we will get a hurricane, a major one. We've had minor ones before. So where are you going? Gene Wexler, News 104.5 WOKV. We have learned lessons from past storms that have brought effects like flooding and tornadoes. And as WOKV's Kevin Rafuse finds, we've had a lot of near misses. All the way back in 1964, Hurricane Dora made landfall near St. Augustine and is the last hurricane to directly hit Jacksonville. And while it wasn't a hurricane, we had a pretty close call last year with Tropical Storm Erica, which was on path to hit the city until it shifted. That is why I really got torn apart when it couldn't really make it over those mountains. Action News Jack's meteorologist Garrett Biedenbaugh says, the mountains on the Caribbean islands not only help to break up Erica, but provide a bit of a natural barrier that helps us at times. A lot of people don't know that there are mountains out on the islands in the Caribbean Sea, and in fact, they are, and so that helps us sometimes. Now, unfortunately for them, they had a lot of rain and wind and some mudslides, but for us, it really was one of the big factors that kept Jacksonville safe. But those instances of storms have been few and far between, and as Garrett explains, a lot of that has to do with our latitude and how currents often push storms away from us. Bermuda High is way out in the Atlantic Ocean, and that kind of steers things coming in from the eastern Atlantic and central Atlantic, a clockwise flow around the area of high pressure. So a lot of times that continues to grab onto a lot of these tropical cyclones, and right before they get to our coastline, they head back up to the north and to the north and east, uh, just skirting us. At the end of the day, though, be alert, because we've essentially been dodging bullets. Kevin Rafuse, News 104.5 WOKV. Action News Jack's Chief Meteorologist Mike Burrish uses past storms to put together his list of things you should do and not do to be prepared for hurricane season. I'll never forget in 04, 05, and 08, those big tropical storm seasons here, the use of alternative sources for electricity or cooking, perhaps. Uh, People were putting grills in their garage. Multiple times we had garage fires more than once. Uh, because of that. Robert Alonzo takes a deeper dive into the five things you should not do this hurricane season. Five. 
pay too much attention to the yearly forecast. This is supposed to be an average year for hurricane activity, even though Hurricane Alex formed back in January and Tropical Storm Bonnie showed up last week. None of that really matters, according to Burrish, because it only takes one storm, no matter how strong, to cause serious issues for you. Our last two fatalities here in northeastern Florida have occurred during tropical storms. Burrish also says that Florida, having gone 11 years without a direct hurricane hit, makes people complacent and not as apt to plan ahead. And you forget about what you have to do or should do or be concerned about. Four, fail to plan ahead. Dr. Rick Nabb at the National Hurricane Center hit the road recently to get a sense of how Floridians get ready for hurricane season. Way too many people in the public are not as prepared as they need to be. One of his biggest concerns is the estimated 3 million plus people living in Florida now who've never been through a hurricane. Nabb feels most of them have no idea what it takes to get ready. Planning your evacuation route, buying your supplies in advance. Three Rely on credit cards after the storm. The odds are really good you won't have power if a big storm comes. And the bigger the storm, the more likely you'll be in the dark and stay in the dark. That's why having friends like Washington and Lincoln around is a great idea, according to Tasha Carter with the Florida Department of Financial Services. Sometimes with these storms, they create power outages that may restrict access to ATMs. For similar reasons, that's why you should fill the tank on any vehicles and shop for any food or supplies you'll need just before the storm comes. Don't just get the basics either. Having some board games, a deck of cards or a good book can go a long way when the entire city goes dark. Two, not knowing your insurance before the storm. No one wants to go blind reading the fine script in your car or home insurance policy, except maybe whoever sold it to you. But there are worse fates in life. That might include you discovering that something you thought was covered by your insurance company isn't. Carter says make sure you know what your policy covers. Make contact with their insurance agent. Share information relative to what they want covered and or excluded. If you need to make any changes, there could be a waiting period before those changes take effect. That's why Carter says it's important to do this now. One, staying alone when the storm comes. Imagine hearing the wind constantly blow like a freight train. Water flooding into your house. Or a tree crashing on top of your roof. That's what happened to me and my family when we lived through Hurricane Andrew over 20 years ago. I was only 12 when Andrew came, but I still remember that night like it was yesterday. Having my family around made it so much easier to bear. I've yet to meet a hurricane survivor who didn't feel that same way. Robert Alonzo, News 104.5 WKV. You've been listening to Tracking the Tropics. This hurricane season, stay with News 104.5 WOKV for the most up-to-date information before, during, and after the storm.